0: Business and People, your host, Walt Bayless. Let's get this show started. Welcome to the Business and People podcast. I'm your host, Walt Bayliss. And on today's episode, we catch up with the kite surfing CEO of Fresh Labs on his vacation in Croatia, Kerry Baird talks to us about building a team from scratch, about messages to young entrepreneurs and about some of the things he's learned along the way to steer him through good and bad times. Kerry talks about processes and talks about taking control of his day and then he's off onto the waves to make sure that he really is living that life of design. Kerry Baird really does emphasize the lifestyle business that's possible for anybody. And I really encourage you to listen as he talks about how he's been able to take control of his day and how that's been able to give him the freedom that he was always after and always looked for. Kerry's amazing. I hope you enjoy his interview on the Business and People podcast. Here he is, Kerry Baird. Kerry Baird, thank you so much for joining us, man. I really appreciate you being on the show. No, my pleasure. Well, great to see you. Great to be on the podcast. Really, really cool. Really, really glad to be here. Thanks man I appreciate it. So as I said in the uh, in the introduction there you've built this company Fresh Labs from nothing. You've been up mm-hmm. and down, you've gone through a whole bunch of stuff. How did you get to where you are now? Like what's the story behind that success and that that rapid pace?
1: Yeah, um long story I guess if you go right from the beginning, but um it was all about trying different things in the beginning, seeing what works and then obviously expanding on that. Obviously, we go through a lot of failures, a lot of uh, ups and downs, um, but throughout it all it's just about persistence and just sticking at it, um, sticking at, at, at your goal, having a clear goal, having a good vision for where you want to go, and yeah, and sticking at it, believing in yourself and reaching out and asking for help when you need it, connecting with with good people and, and staying close to good people uh, that help you through it. So it's That's a long cool. journey. There's lots of bits and pieces along there, so...
0: Yeah, no doubt. When did you? So I introduced you as the CEO of Fresh Labs. And when did you start to feel like this is your company, not just something that you do?
1: Yeah, so probably I think 2006 I started. Yeah, it was 2006 I started with actually my own company. But well, for the first few, few years I was doing more like client work. So it was kind of. I was my own company, but I was still working for other people. So it was about 2010, 2011 when I actually launched some software that I then began to feel like this is a business and I'm the CEO of the business and, and I'm not a freelancer anymore. I'm not working for other people anymore. I'm on my own terms. Yeah. And that's when I felt, yeah. Like
0: I'm the CEO of the company, yeah. That has started to to click in for you. I, I was lucky yeah. enough to be in the audience when you were speaking in Bangkok a little while ago, and I was super impressed by how you actually have built your team. So how many people are you up to now?
1: We're up to nine people now, um, ten including myself. And I built slowly and I've added people when I've needed it and I've identified that and usually it's it becomes to a pain point where you you actually need somebody to to fill a gap and and that's when I look at employing but also um picking up the right people is quite important and sure. the way I've done that is have a very strict interview process and and a, a funnel if you like for the interview because when we when we're advertising for jobs for people online, you get a lot a lot of people um applying so I have a good step-by-step process to filter those out and get them down to two, three, four people, interview them, speak to them, give them some tasks, and then employ from there. And because of that process, it's rare that I actually have to let anybody go. Yeah. And once I have make a commitment to somebody, um, it's more for me, it's more than just somebody that's working for me and I'm trying to get them to do as much work as possible for as minimum, minimum as possible. It's not like that. I, I treat them more like kind of family and I want them to grow as well as people. And sometimes I've had people... That have grown with me and then gone elsewhere, and that's absolutely fine. You know, I'm happy to be a part of their life and to help them grow a little bit. But this kind of attitude, I feel, has created a better team spirit. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's it's helped to um, create a better atmosphere, and and they naturally want to help me with my company and our company, and they want to see it grow as much as I do. So nice. That's, that's how do you
0: how do you do that, Kerry? Like, how do you actually? When, when you've got somebody that's coming into your team, so you've gone through that strict interview process, you know, you filtered them out, etc. How do you then take them and say, okay, where do you want to go and, and, and work with them on, on their growth? What's your process there?
1: Yeah, so part of the interview process also is not just what skills you have, but what skills do you want and where do you want to grow to? So hopefully that fits in with the, the, what I need in the company. And yeah. then I start to, to introduce them to new skills quite early. Uh, maybe they're a programmer they want to learn React.js or something like that uh, that's fairly new technology and it's okay we can we can work with this and I'll give them a project and we'll look at one of our new tools and say, okay, we're gonna build the interface in React.js and now it's down to you to learn, to figure it out with my support and you know, you've got a bit more time to do it. Um, but you're picking up new skills as well. And that gives them the challenge and um gives them the the kind of yeah the challenge they need to to grow themselves and still nice. build, build in the job you know.
0: So all of your all of your team are remote is that right? Yep absolutely. So yep. How do you manage that like what what is the, the the company meeting schedule or how do you guys get together mm-hmm. how do you share goals and like what's what's the way of keeping everybody on the same page?
1: Yeah so one of one of my big beliefs as well is and coming from a background where I've worked in offices as a programmer and I've dealt with the office kind of thing where you get interrupted a lot. One of my big things is about productivity. So I recognize that being in a in a chaotic environment is not good, especially for programmers where at any given moment somebody can come up and interrupt you and say, oh, well, uh, could you send me that logo or uh, can you do this, this coding task for me or can you help me with this? And you're in, in a flow and then you're out of the flow and then you've got to get back in. So I really, you know, everybody works different, but for me and my company that's, I like to give my team a lot of space and a lot of their own time to focus. So that's why it's remote for a start. Or I'm also too concerned about time zones. Like I have people in the US and I have people in India, so they're actually not online together a lot of the time, even though they have to work together. So we try and do everything in a, in a what would you say, asynchronous fashion. Is that the right word? But what I mean is it's not real time. Yeah. Okay. So... We use Trello and if somebody needs something, they have to comment on the Trello card. You have to ask the person. You have to give the details. Number one, this means that they actually think about what they're asking and try and solve it themselves before they go to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And number two, it means they're not interrupting the person in their flow. I'll go and check Trello in between my kind of flow times. You know, I'm working on something. Then I'll go and say, okay, what's going on with everybody else? Then I'll go back. So it's down to me. Yeah. Um,
0: so it's not as interactive awesome. as an email or, or an instant message yeah. or something. It's, a, it's, it's a, an easy decision to go and check in. Yeah,
1: yeah it's conscious decision. It's down to me. Like, unless it's an emergency, then we have procedures for that. If it's an emergency, customer problem, you can tag the person on Slack. We use Slack. And then you're going to get the retention. Yeah. And that's fine because it's an emergency and he's doing But most things are not an emergency. Yes. And it's actually rare that that happens, right?
0: Fantastic. Um, so we have that... Hmm, so one of, the things, one of the things I remember from the talk was that you had a a formal is it a weekly meeting where you mm-hmm. where you have everybody together on yep. what do you use for that is it, a, is it Skype or something like that or
1: yeah we use um, uh, we use Slack for that and yeah we have two weekly meetings so this fits in as well with the model because most of the time we're actually disconnected you know we're we're, we're talking not in real time but then two times a week Mondays for an hour Thursdays for an hour we call it team time. We have a channel in Slack called Team time, and everybody has, we have a structure for how to present what we're doing at the time. So we have like four questions. What are you working on at the moment? What are your goals for this week? Um, is there anything you're stuck with? Something along those lines and um, everyone has to fill that out. And then we, we just take the names, put them in a random order. Everyone takes it in turns. And then we have a bit of time obviously for everybody to solve their problems or to help them or to give them a bit of encouragement or even just check out what they're working on and say, wow, that looks great. Or what about this? So that's our set time where, where everyone's together. Mm. Everyone gets a touch on what are you doing? What am I doing? What am I stuck with? What do I need from you? And it's done in an hour. So after that, everyone's got what they need and they go away and they start working again. Fantastic. So we do, a, yeah, we do a full one on Monday where it's what is our goals for this week on Thursday, it's like a check-in kind of where are we up to? Anything we're stuck with?
0: Awesome, I love it. And one of the things that you mentioned right at the start there was that it's a matter of keeping the vision. You know, to mm-hmm. to be able to mm-hmm. to grow to where you are today, to be able to mm-hmm. keep that team cohesive and move everybody forward together, it's a matter of keeping yeah. that vision. How do you yeah. how do you set that for yourself, and then how do you communicate that out to the team?
1: Yeah. So for me personally, I'm I'm big on on vision and 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 picturing where I want to be and my goals, um, on a personal level. So, you know, whenever I've done that and I've thought to myself, I really want to be sat on the beach working. I want the freedom, um, of being able to work anywhere. And that was my original goal and, and I had a strong vision for it. And I'm now in Croatia with, with some friends and, and, you know, as you saw before, before we started the podcast, some, some great people and in a great place, great country. I'm Really, really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Still working still working and I'm working and I'm today and we're we're hanging out and we're sharing ideas. Uh, But that was a vision of mine. You know, that was something that's how I wanted my life to be. And and I'm grateful that it's turned out like that, but it's because of a strong vision and sticking to that. I remind myself of it on a regular basis in morning routines and things like that. Uh, And with my team, I do it more on a formal level where we have a a roadmap and I do quarterly targets. This is what we're going to try and hit this target I review that every week and make sure that you know for my team I'm more that more of the driver in terms of the the, the what they have, have to work on and, and long-term plan and I'm reminding them about they're doing a lot of the hard work they're doing the coding they're dealing with the customers they're writing documentation guys whatever it might be and then to ask them to actually think of the vision as well and to to manage themselves it's yeah. not you know that would never work so I'm, I'm the one that's driving them. I'm the one that's driving the vision and reminding them of, of that. And, hey, guys, make sure we're working on this task and, and this is what we want to hit for this this quarter. So this is what you should work on next. So, I, you know, I'm doing a lot of planning and managing in that in that sense. Yeah,
0: It's an interesting point because you've, you've come from that coding background yourself, you know, where you yeah. are literally deep in the code, you're making the magic happen, so to speak. And now you mm. find yourself in that CEO role. Um, yeah, <laughs> Was it a difficult transition to go from doing it all yourself to managing the people doing that?
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, I'll be honest, it was. It was difficult, and you know, I expect a lot of myself, and and I'm pretty. I'm good at what I do. I know that, and I'm happy to say that I'm good at coding. I'm good at managing myself. I'm good at solving problems. I'm good at staying organized. And not everybody has the same skills as me. So in the beginning, I expected that of people. You know, um, a bit too much. I ex- expected people to be able to. Plan their own time, prioritize their own tasks as well as do them, and you know get the magic done, as you say. Um, and that's a bit too much, too high of an expectation for people. And as as I've grown into the CEO role, it's been a case of you know what, I need to really help them out and and help them with the vision and their priorities, and help the communication between between people, help to solve the problems, uh, grease the wheels, you know, keep things yeah. moving. I was doing it this morning before the call. One of the developers came to me, I really need uh, this on the API, and he was struggling to communicate it to another developer. And I'm like, okay, I'll sort this out, and this is what he needs, and I'm looking at it, and this is what he needs, this is what you need. Can you do this? Can you do that? All right, off you go. So there's a lot of that kind of thing that I'm doing now. Whereas before, when I first started moving into managing the team, I I would just like give them an end goal. Can you create a tool that does this? Off you go. Right, you know, don't yeah yeah, that's me until it's done almost you yeah. know, which is very unrealistic, so
0: yeah, interesting, yeah. so how would you define a, a day in the life of carrie now like if if you had mm-hmm. to write your own job description as the c e o of fresh labs yeah. what what would you say yeah. that your the main focus of your day composes on
1: yeah main main focus is planning, you know, um I'd say that's most of what I'm doing at the moment, I'm on Trello um planning the next steps for the, the products, I'm planning how they the features are implemented. I'm sometimes planning interfaces and screens and things like that. I'm getting people what they need. I'm I'm solving problems. So there's a lot of that to do. And mm-hmm. the other side is very creative where I'm thinking, okay, what's the long term vision of the products and and what great things can I do? I've got marketing to do. How can I sell these products and, and how can I improve uh, the sales pages, my email marketing, whatever it is. Um, so I'm actually, you know, I'm still, still a small company. Nine people is not a lot of people. There's still a lot of responsibilities for me to do in those areas. Yeah, yeah
0: sure.
1: So you find yourself kind of
0: wearing any hat that's needed as you... Yeah,
1: uh, quite a lot. Every day can be different, Um, you know, but I enjoy it. Uh, I do enjoy it and I've enjoyed transitioning away from being a programmer to being more creative and, and solving a lot of different things. I was never a marketer until... I started doing Warrior Forum special offers, and then had to be started to I had to become one. Uh, yeah, I learned how to become one a marketer. So that was never natural to me, but I'm always picking up these new skills and, and these nice, nice.
0: Cool. What would you do different, mate? If you if you had the opportunity to go back and pick yourself up ten years ago, and yeah. uh, you know, knowing what you know now, knowing what's possible now, what would you? What advice would you give yourself ten years ago to make that whole journey? Uh, I, I guess uh, smoother and easier, rapider, whatever it might be. I think the only
1: thing I would, or the main thing would be I'd say to myself, make those payment buttons subscriptions. Tell me about that.
0: <laughs> so
1: um, I've I traditionally and originally sold my software as a lifetime uh, or as kind of per version thing, but never on a subscription. So I got a lot of customers in and had I got them in on subscriptions, it would have given me more funds to grow the software better mm. and given me more um, confidence to, to actually push the business in the right direction instead of focusing too much on marketing. So I think that was probably the biggest mistake I made was, was selling the software for one price and not going to subscriptions earlier.
0: Do you think it's possible, philosophical question, do you think it's possible for anyone selling a one-time priced product? to have something that is at a recurring level somewhere in their company? Yeah,
1: always. There's always something you can do that's recurring. And actually, I did do something recurring very early, but it was low price and I didn't focus on it that much. I didn't really believe that people would go for it, but if I had a bit more confidence. And what that was, was like a premium club. And I think anyone that's doing software or tools or training, you can always create some kind of club um, and give people extra benefits. I would give um, priority support access exclusive access to me in a forum and mm. um, extra training materials, give them extra things each month. You can have webinars in that training webinars. There's always something that you can get on a recurring. Um, and even just the software, if you're selling software, a small yearly fee for support and um, version upgrades, you know, absolutely. they can still use the old version if they don't want to pay yearly, but they can't get the latest version. They can't get any support. You don't get access to forums or, or anything like that so because it's expensive that's,
0: that's, to maintain so, it's so expensive yeah, it's a, to maintain. Yeah. sorry i have come from a software background myself so i know exactly it's an expensive it's an expensive operation to keep mm-hmm. software up to date Kerry, a lot of the people listening to this podcast are going to be uh, in a different space they may be they're they're in the car right now they're on their way to work mm-hmm. um, they might be you know just trying to just get started with this whole entrepreneurial journey or maybe they're in a different space if you mm-hmm. could grab grab someone right now at the beginning of the journey and help them mm-hmm. kind of uh, push themselves through some of the, the tough times that you've had. What advice would you yeah. give to people who are kind of just getting started out onto their own?
1: Yeah, if they're just getting started, then I, I would um, I would say to them, you know, accept that you're going to make mistakes. It's not going to be perfect. and so just get out there and start selling stuff. You know, it's, as soon as you can get it because when, when I first started, when a lot of people first start, you get this kind of perfectionist thing. You're going back to training courses. How do I do this? How do I do that? It's not quite right. I don't want to sell it yet. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Um, just another six months in my job and then I'll have a bit more money and blah, blah, blah. you just got to get out there and start doing it. And and you've got to get that momentum going. Start selling something. You know, break that comfort zone. Put a buy button somewhere. Sell something. Sell your time. Sell some training. Put together a training course. Obviously do something that's, that you think is good and, and will help people. Yeah. I'm not saying just sell the old junk, but don't hesitate. Don't slow down. Don't say... I'll do it next week when this is ready, when that is ready. Your products is never ready, your training course is never ready, your ideas are never finished. It's an ongoing project. So get it out there as soon as possible, get the momentum going and build on it. That would nice. be
0: learned, Very cool. What about um, what about someone who's maybe a little bit younger, Kerry? Somebody who's just finishing school, like they're just they've just done their last year of school. They really mm-hmm. are looking at a whole bunch of different choices right now, which way they want to go and where they want to do. If you had an opportunity to stand on stage with a room full of kids who have just finished you know all of that 12 years of school etc what advice would you yeah. give to that room to help them have a more successful and fulfilled life I think I would
1: going back to me being at that age and and first starting I think maybe maybe you had this or not I don't know you can tell me but it's easy to forget we get very uncomfortable asking for money yeah or, you know or, or or feeling like we should charge for something so especially if you've just come out of school and you've got some skills, you can help people, you know, you can write some content, you could do some coding tasks If you're a bit of a programmer, you could you could edit a website, you could set up social pages, you know, you could post some things on Instagram for people, whatever it might be. There's things you can do and you can help business owners like me and you. But I think people at that age are a bit uncomfortable to say, hey, could you pay me $20 to do this? There's yeah. a bit of a barrier there. And that's probably the first thing to break down as somebody leaving school, somebody kind of going out into the world of business, entrepreneurship, get comfortable with asking for money and receiving money. Uh, just ask for it. I don't know if you ever felt like that in, in your early days. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's Absolutely. one thing you should you know, do. It's, it's
0: a matter of like understanding yourself where and whatever whatever you're able to do in that time is has mm-hmm. a value attached to it. So I think that's great to be able to let yeah. people know that their time is valuable, their skills are valuable. Mm-hmm. What you're able to do for somebody is worth it money in return yeah, it's worth it. Don't, don't,
1: and to make that practical you know i would say um for anybody listening that, that's of that age and is feeling a bit like that just go on like upwork.com advertise some services and get paid for something nice and that's your first step you know go on upwork.com have a look at jobs what can you do take a job get paid and then you've broken that barrier you've got your first bit of earnings online somebody's paid you for doing something that's not paper round or yeah. you know or uh, delivering pizzas, it, you know, and you're now in, out in the world, you're actually doing something that's, that's pretty cool. And then you can build on that from there, but that's the first
0: practical step. Very cool. On um, sell some services. Very cool. So mate, you talked about the, the, uh, the thing that you would have changed most would be to move as quickly as you could to a recurring or subscription based. Mm-hmm. What's, what's, yep. and, and I love the lesson with that because that keeps the company moving forward and you can better serve the customers yeah. as a result. What's been the brag moment for you so far? What's the biggest achievement? What's the, the gold medal so far that you can say, well, I, I can't believe that my life included this?
1: Yeah, I think it's just probably going back to what I was saying before. I'm just so, so proud and grateful that I can travel the world and work and, nice. you know, support myself and have the freedom. And that's what I always wanted. It, it's not just about travel as well. Some days, maybe it's a Monday afternoon and one of my friends says I've got the afternoon off work. And you fancy doing something? I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I can because I've got that freedom. I can change my plans. It's my business. It's my life. I love that freedom. I love being able to do that. You've been... and that's my brag. Nice. I love it. Yeah.
0: One of the things that you said, though, mate, and I I do remember coming back to that to to the talk in Bangkok, where you mm-hmm. said that you have that vision and that design of your life in front of you on a regular mm-hmm. basis, including your morning routine and uh, yep. you know how you how you design your day, you're constantly bringing that, uh, that desire or that drive forward into your conscious space. Can you tell us a little bit about that? How does that work for you? How do you put it into play?
1: Yeah, so morning routine is very important to me. Like starting the day is really, really important. Even here when I'm on, on kind of a break and, and hanging out with the guys and it's not my normal kind of day-to-day routine, I'm still first thing in the morning, do certain things, uh, things like I listen to affirmations in my own voice that I've recorded, headphones in, do a bit of writing and um, meditate for like 10 minutes in the morning. And I, I, back home, I have a vision board. Um, but I do also remind myself of, of my visions on a weekly basis and a monthly basis. I've written out some things that are like, without going into too much detail with, you know, like where I see myself in a few years. I've written that out. I'm here and can see this. I'm doing this. I remind myself of that. And that helps me remember what I'm doing it for. Like, it's hard sometimes. You have your ups and downs. Things are a bit difficult, but it's good to remember that vision and, and remind yourself on a regular basis. It's, mm. it's all good and well saying, Yeah, I want to, this is how I la- want my life to be, and then just putting that to one side and forgetting it. You've got to get it in front of you on a regular basis. Uh, so, I try to do that mornings on a weekly basis, on a Sunday, and a monthly basis in different ways.
0: I think the, the idea, so, so correct me if I'm wrong, but you have like a almost like a checklist that you go through in the mornings uh, and yep. in the evening mm-hmm. to, to keep yourself on track. Is that right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have. I just have three. So uh, I use Trello personally as well to manage my, my things and I have a repeating card. If anybody knows Trello, then they'll understand that. If not, it is just a checklist Yeah, that pops up on my – I have a daily planner, like one-page area that I go to and it's got everything that I'm working on at the moment – or my current task, and then in the morning I have this re- recurring checklist that comes up and says, "Okay, literally just like make the bed and and cold shower and um ten minutes of meditation and, and writing a journal." And so it's it's all listed out, and then on a weekly basis I'll check that as well. I'll be like, "How was the morning routine gone this week?" And okay, I'm not quite doing this. And this didn't quite fit, and I'll tweak it on a regular basis as well. But yeah, so the checklist comes in, and it just makes sure. I'm doing those, all those little things that you would forget. Otherwise, you know, you've got to, you've got to be realistic with yourself. If you say, okay, yeah, I'm going to meditate every morning. I'm going to take a cold shower and I'm going to, um, you know, write in the journal, whatever it might be. You forget next morning what, what it was you promised yourself to do. So make that checklist, you know, uh, and the same for after work and, and evening routines as well. Like
0: the same, same process. Do you know what? I, I've had a lot of people, especially in the creative space who who would say to me, that that kind of uh, discipline, I guess, or structure of their day is is uh, is cramping their freedom. But I would bet that you'd argue the opposite.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because um, doing things like this, it does seem very much like wow, you got a checklist just to make the bed in the morning. You know, it's like crazy, but it just frees up your mind, takes those things away from from your mind. You don't have to think about it anymore. It's there for you. You've done the thinking once already. This is what I want to do in the morning. I don't have to remember that every day. And what was that I said I'd do? Oh yeah, I've got to meditate. I've got to, it's there and it's out of your head and it, and it frees up your mind to do other things and to relax more, to be more creative. And this is a concept that I use throughout business is getting things out of my head as quickly as possible. Mm. Uh, so if I have an idea or if I'm talking to the guys over here and they say, yeah, you should check out this. I write it down straight away. Like, Anything I want to remember, anything I want to do, if you know, I've got, I've got a. Some news, I own I twenty dollars or something. I write it down. You know, and it's not in my head. I'm not thinking about it all the time. Yeah, and this place that I'm checking in it, and I trust this place. I have one inbox where where these ideas go or, or things I need to do, and I'm checking that every day, so I can trust it. I, I don't need to remember;
0: it. it's in that place now, and that frees up my mind again. Wow. Um, do you yeah. do you find that that gives you a lot of a lot of peace? Being able to yeah. depend on that and think I'm not missing anything because I know that it's all in that space.
1: Yeah, it's it's all about the peace. It's all about uh, yeah, freeing up your mind, feeling more relaxed, and being able to use your brain power for for the right things. You yeah, know, definitely. We, so many things we have to remember, and it seems trivial. Seems trivial that you just owe somebody twenty dollars. So I'll just pay them later. I'll remember, but. When you can put it in a place that you
0: trust, you can let it go. Yeah, and you, you, you've got the brain power then to think about the next thing. I think that's amazing, man. I really appreciate that. Gary, um, mm-hmm. tell me, what's something that people would find interesting about you that that not many people know?
1: <laughs> I instantly thought of something that I probably can't share on this podcast. So let me think of something. The, I've got the clean rating, man. So <laughs> no swearing on this podcast, right? It? No, that's no, it. None of that kind of content. Okay, so. I'm actually a really keen kite surfer. Maybe that's quite an interesting thing to people. Mm. I've been doing since uh, 2013, and I teach kite surfing as well. And uh, so it's quite a yin and yang to my, to my entrepreneurial technical kind of kind of business. And then I'm also as a hobby, I'm doing something very sporty. And I also teach football or soccer. You might want to call it, we call it football. Um, I teach kids. So my, my team now is uh, under 11s. They're 10 and 11-year-old. And I've been coaching them since they were four or five. So that's been really rewarding and to see them grow. Um, and I think that's really interesting. It's that's really interesting. Cool.
0: That's very cool, mate. I absolutely love it. Kerry, one of the things, again, I keep coming back to that talk in Bangkok, which is the reason that I, that I mm-hmm. reached out to you. Um, yeah. One of the things that, that uh, really grabbed me uh, was that you've been through the roller coaster of the entrepreneurial mm-hmm. life. And at one point, if I'm, again, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but at one point you found yourself in a, in a dark place and you had to really struggle yeah. to get out of that. Was that, is yeah. that something that you're comfortable to talk about?
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And maybe a few years ago I wouldn't be, and most people wouldn't be comfortable to talk about that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but absolutely, um, because hopefully it can help somebody um, when you share this kind of information and, and you can, stand up and say to other people, hey, look, I've, I've suffered before and I've been in a dark place and, and it's normal and we all we all get there sometimes. I think most of us get there sometimes. So, yeah. you know, I, I got to realize what was going on around 2016, um, first half of the year and it also coincided with the most profitable time of my business, um, which is, you know, seems counter counterintuitive, but I put so much pressure on myself and my thought processes and patterns were, were not there. And I was suffering a lot with anxiety and I was having panic attacks. Mm. Um, I just, I was really, really making a big deal out of, of small problems. Got so bad that I thought I was way out of control. I had to seek help. I had to go to the doctors. I had to get um, counseling through like CBT therapy. But since then, it's really, really improved because I focused a lot on it and if there's anything about me if I have a problem I find a solution to it. Yeah. that's one thing I'm, I'm always able to do. so I, I went out there and got help. Um, but yeah I think it's important for us to talk about it because yeah it's definitely no
0: it's we not all, and, and I've, I've been through a similar thing myself and I find that in that entrepreneurial space we, we tend to we tend to shut down you know we tend to close in we tend to work harder we tend to work longer you know we push everybody else away and, and, and try and solve that. Um, if, if let's see if we can help somebody that's, that's maybe listening to this right now. If somebody's going through that right now, maybe they're in a tough time, business is not going the way they would, they hope it would, they've got troubles, whatever. What advice would you give to that person right now, take them by the shoulders and say, follow this step?
1: Yeah, I think I just, the first thing I'd say is that it's, the way you're feeling now is not how you're always going to feel. Um, yeah. And that's that's something that you, you you think when you're in that place. It's like, this is it forever or, you know, what you don't realize is that it's fleeting. And sometimes, you know, I still get those, these these kind of anxiety feelings coming and going and they'll come and go quite quickly. But, you know, even now I struggle to remember that, okay, in half an hour, I'm going to probably feel better. Um, So that'd be the first thing. And then it's, it is about reaching out and it's about, you know, not being ashamed of it. It's about recognizing it because before I got to that place in 2016, I didn't even entertain that I might be suffering from anxiety or, or some kind of mental health issue. I just thought, this is this is business. This is this is life. You know, life is not meant to be easy. Life is life is hard, um, which I don't agree with. But um, now, anyway. Yeah. Um, but yes. Yeah, so, so maybe another thing is to recognize it and and be kind to yourself and admit it to yourself and and say, look, this it's real. It's it's something something not right, but it's fine. It's nothing to feel guilty about or bad about or ashamed about, and try and open up to people and just give yourself some space and some room yeah, to, right. to, you know, improve and, and don't, don't put too much pressure on yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And I think um, the one of the things you mentioned there was was go and speak to someone and it can be a GP, you know, complete, mm-hmm. complete you know, anonymity, you can go and speak to someone and, and get it done. Mate, it feels to me like you're on an amazing track now. Like you've had mm-hmm. that... Uh, you've had that twist. You've had that change, where you've been able to put a few things in place and being able to really push forward into an amazing uh, future. Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself in, let's say, twenty years' time from now? And if I can ask you, that twenty-year-old version, twenty-year older version of yourself, what mm-hmm. advice do you think that that person would give you today to make sure that the next twenty are as what are as what you want them to be?
1: Yeah, I think. I think I'd, I'd in twenty years' time, probably see myself, you know, with really strong relationships with my family still, and and girlfriend, partner, wife, whatever it might be, possibly children. And you know, they, I've had—I'm thirty-seven now. I've had I've had a good life of like not always being single, but being quite free and traveling a lot and and experiencing the world. And I think probably the next twenty years is gonna be more about okay, I'm I'm, I'm thinking about building a nice house somewhere, and I'm thinking that already, and. Uh, maybe settling down a bit and and taking care of my family uh doing charity kind of work, so I think my twenty year old self would probably say twenty year older self would would say um, you know that was worth doing and and stick nice. with it because the relationships and and the people and and they 're the most important things not that the money or really the achievements of of business and things like that they fade away with time um but those those relationships and those memories and those those connections are probably the most important thing, So I
0: love it. I love it. Yeah, I'll, one day when I catch up with you, I'll have a t-shirt that says that was worth doing. That's, uh, that's <laughs> that was a thing. Yeah. Hey, um, <laughs> Carrie, have you along, along the journey that you've been, you mentioned mm-hmm. Trello is a major part. And I've, I've heard you reference that with running a team, with running a day, with running yourself, keeping you on track. Is there any yeah. other tools that you rely on, whether it be tech, whether it be, you know, uh, physical, mm-hmm. what, what other things help you stay on, on the course? Um, I
1: think, you know, it's more about, it's not, it's less about the tech because everybody has a different preference. You know, I, I use Trello. I can show people how I, how I manage my day with a Trello board and, um, but it might not fit with some people and might not fit with their lives or, or just how they feel about it. So it's less about the tools and it's more about the consistency. Yeah, sure. Um, if you, you know, that, that's where I've had my biggest, biggest kind of, um, productivity boost is just being consistent. And I've used different tools before, different check, checklist programs, um, project management things. And it's never really helped anymore by moving to Trello. It's just the fact that I I stay on top of it. I clean it up regularly on a yeah. daily or, or, or maybe even weekly basis. I'm going through the tasks and things and I'm saying, yeah, tidying up and I'm, and I'm doing that consistently. So yeah. it is more about finding that system and sticking to it and tweaking it to make it work for you um but the concept i would say the number one thing the concept of an inbox that i was talking about before is probably one of the biggest changes in, in productivity sure. so however you do that i actually use trello but something that's easy to get on your phone um, that you can just quickly unlock tap something write something save if you can get that for something for in any app or or anything like that, and you you then regularly check that place, that will make a massive difference for you. Um, And again, that's getting it out
0: of your head and being able to capture it then and there, get it locked down Mm -hmm. in a place that's Mm -hmm. accessible and being able to work on it at at a time that suits rather than keeping it in mind and worrying about it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And if you wanted to read more about that, it actually comes from a book called Getting Things Done by... I forget the author's name. <laughs> Look
0: it up. I'll have it in the show
1: notes.
0: Speaking of yeah. books, have there been any any books that have made a big impact on you? Yeah,
1: I think the biggest one was the um, uh, Four Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Yep, which a lot of people say that. Um, I think the title of the book is terrible, and the concept of a Four Hour Workweek doesn't work. And there's a lot in that book that you know probably isn't applicable. But the overall message for it, which if you want to summarize it, is basically um, it doesn't have to be how how business doesn't have to be how people tell you it is. you know it doesn't have to be a, a 15 hour day, five days, six days a week. It doesn't have to be that you deal with um, all the customers that come through your door. There's just some key concepts in there about outsourcing, about optimizing your time, and that attitude of, of looking for the creative way to optimize your business and your time, that was a massive impact on me. Um so yeah I definitely recommend that book and those concepts. Fantastic. Although a lot of those concepts have filtered down into into especially what you and I do in our business. Um so yeah nice so,
0: very yeah. cool. Mate I've got I've got just one more for you. I know that uh, the waves are calling, you know you've got uh, <laughs> uh friends waiting. So uh, again I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you very much for oh. for, for it. but the one really question a... I've got left for you is is uh, what's the goal you're shooting for? What are you what are you heading for right now personally or or professionally? Where will you mm-hmm. make that mark on the horizon in the future?
1: Yeah, I just want to bring um, bring some certain technology to 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 people that are that are traditionally not been able to to use it so I'm, I'm building a WordPress cloud hosting platform um, and I'm making it very much beginner friendly and helping people get websites started very quickly um, and that, that's the concept that's what I'm working on now and it's it's all about helping people to get to get going. Um, and building up my team and, and like I was saying before building their skills um, so yeah, that's, that's what's coming up that's my goal at the moment um, and business-wise
0: Unreal yeah. Kerry Bear, the kite surfing CEO millionaire of Fresh Labs mate, thank you so much <laughs> for your time for, uh, for committing and um, I really appreciate it, mate wish you all the best in the future
1: Very, very happy to be on the podcast thank you for having me on and I hope this was of some value to your listeners and really good job you're doing the podcast Keep it up. Thanks, Mason. We'll catch you soon. Thanks again.
0: Hey, everyone. It's Walt, and thanks so much for listening to the episodes on the podcast. We really love bringing these interviews to you, and I hope you're getting a lot out of them. We've designed the podcast to really help and to engage with everybody out there, so you could help us by simply leaving us a comment or a review, subscribing, on iTunes head over there now make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us it helps more than you could possibly believe do that now and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode